Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Clark. New music. I think it just came out today or yesterday. Well, it doesn't matter. Just let it sink in. No matter your perspective, no matter what you're going through, good day, bad day, let it soak in. We all die in the end, baby. Yes, yes, we do. This is a little more hopeful, though. When hope and love has been lost and you fall to the ground, covers. you must find a way. When the darkness descends and you're told it's the end, you must find a God decides to look the other way And a clown takes the throne He must find a way Face the firing squad Against all the odds We must find a way This is New Muse, actually. Oh, I know what Acoustic. Is it a cover? No. It's Muse doing it acoustic. When did this become rock? No, this is gospel. Uh, Helen Bellamy said that I was looking to counteract the current negativity in the world and give inspiration, optimism, and hope to people to fight for the causes they believe in. That as individuals, we can choose to change the world if we want to. One person at a time. That's a common theme Muse is always pushing. Like the individual against the system, the individual against the powers that be. See, in a tool, it's uh, think for yourself, question authority. Yeah. Same thing, other end of the uh, teeter-totter. Okay. Now, let's get into this with tool a little bit. You suggested things at the end of last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you said, listen to tool. And I went on iTunes. I went on other streaming services for music and I couldn't find them. And that's because my friend Troy hangs out on Mondays told me, well, yeah, it's because Tool's no longer a, a band. They haven't been for a while. Mm-mm. But isn't there some like argument over the name Mm-mm. and the, the rights? No, they're still going on tour for an album from like freaking uh, 10,000 Days, whenever that came out. I think it was like 08. So why is there... Why can't I find them on, like, streaming services? Same reason you can't find Led Zeppelin. You can find Zeppelin on streaming services right now. Well, I mean, like, I, I think it's because... You know how Zeppelin's not on jukeboxes because, like, right. copyrights and stuff? Yeah. I believe it's like that. Oh, okay. They're just very... Restri- it's like Metallica with the whole Napster thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a large thing. Lars, okay. Yeah. But um, it's like you go to the Perfect Circle show and they tell you over and over not to take pictures. And if somebody catches you taking a picture, you get kicked out. They take your phone. They look through your phone. They erase all the pictures. They give you your phone back and they feed you to the exit. But, I mean, it really is SWAT comes and gets you. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little too much. Prince did the same thing with his concerts. A lot of bands are doing that. I like bands. I think Radiohead has more of this approach, and other bands have the approach of, if you want to share it, go ahead and share it. More exposure, the better. And and by share it, even if it means giving it away for free, go ahead. We're not going to go and pull a copyright claim against you on even YouTube for our music. In fact, I know about that because Prince did a cover of Creep. It's really epic. Radiohead? Yeah, Radiohead's Creep at Coachella a few years ago. 
And initially, Prince's estate had YouTube pulled down his performance of Creep. And Radiohead said, no, 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 no. We're the ones who wrote that song. We own the copyright to Creep. Put it back up, you fool. And I'm glad they did because it's an epic performance. And I don't know. I, I like the more open approach. That if you want to copy something, if you want to share something, I would prefer that you pay for it. But if you don't want to, I'm not going to force you to. Tool's always been like that. And now that you don't buy CDs, how do they make their money? They only make their money via concerts, concerts. and touring. Mm-hmm. And 10,000 Days came out 10 years ago. And on the tour, Maynard is in riot gear. Hmm. So he is still in riot gear because the st- tour is still going on. And he's like, hey, guys, let's hurry up and get this album out so I can get out of this riot gear. So I'm trying to understand the mind of a Tool fan. Like, what is it about Tool that attracts people to the band, do you think? You're yourself. Very included. different, man. Don't try to universalize it. What You personally, why do you like their music? I mean, it's good rock, and it's very different. I mean, uh, the bass line is um, thick like guitar, you know, mm. but the guitar is real different. And uh, Maynard, I mean, he sings. He's an opera singer. Okay. You know, um, I believe uh, Danny Carey from Tool and Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine all mm-hmm. went to the same high school oh, in wow. L.A. Um, it's amazing how that happens. Very, very talented guys, man. And if you, the album I told you to listen to was uh, just an awesome one, you know. And mm-hmm. then their first album uh, was uh, six songs, and they're all live. And um, one of the songs is, what is it? They in the video they they're all naked, but they have these black bars across them. Right, they're censored. So yeah. yeah. Well, they're fake black bars. They're like they're actually bars. Oh, they're, they're whole, actually yeah. there. It's not super bugged. Yeah, man. Okay. It's a very very unique band, and this was back in the early nineties, ninety two or yeah. ninety one. And the first album, it people loved it, and it was a live album. Okay. And they kind of ran with that for years. Oh that man. One album. Oh, uh, uh, no, not long. It was uh, um, what is it? It was. Opiate, and then uh, Undertow, and then Inema. Okay. Well, I'm looking here. uh, Undertow, 93 to 95. What about Opiate? That's a live one. Uh, Before Undertow... uh, O-P-A-I-T-E or something. Yeah, okay. It's it's really... It doesn't even have its own category here, but the first effort is Opiate. You're right. Well, that's apropos given today's themes and politics. And I love it how all the uh, albums, the names are uh, hard to pronounce. Yes. Like opiate, and then there's Inema. Well, I think they're purposely... You know, one thing that people will suggest to artists, or you know, artists of all types, performers of all types, is you can go mainstream. So one thing, you know what, and I'll just be honest with the audience... And I don't, I don't really like this approach because I'll just be me. But I have people say, "Dumb it down." Uh, no, like if a big word will suffice, and it's what's on the top of my head, I'm going to say it. And but if I don't, I don't know what it is, I'm going to ask because I'm the dumb part of this, right? But I'm not going to. Also, I'm not going to be purposely pretentious. I'm going to try to be over the top and use big words. I'm just going to use the words that I like to use. And so I, I think bands in particular, but it happens with authors, it happens with all sorts of different types of performers, artists, where if you play to what you believe in and you're passionate about it and it's good, it needs to be quality, you will find a fan base. You don't need to always be going for the same mainstream thing that was big before. Not everybody's going to be Michael Jackson doing Thriller. If, you don't need to be. If I feel it, then somebody else will feel it. Right. You, I have to feel it 100%. And then if I put my heart down on a piece of page, and whenever I get to pen to paper, you know, my mm-hmm. heart's out there. And it's juicy, and people don't see it coming, but I let somebody read it. They're like, oh, my God, that was so sweet. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Opiate. came out in 92. Oh, man. Hmm. What did you think about Inema? Did you listen to any of it? No, not yet. Oh, man. I haven't yet. Hooker with a Penis is awesome. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a song? Yeah. All right, then. Oh, man. And when he... Listen to the words, because it was like he was sitting there writing these songs, because the band makes the music, and then he does the lyrics. They do it separately, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's just sitting there with a thesaurus. 
Okay. It is insane, and his voice is beautiful. Well, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the old college try. One of the songs because you know I talk all through all. I talk to people about what I love musically, and if I love something, I won't shut up about it. As people can attest when I mention Prince or in this case, my new love is wrestling. I won't shut up about it. So I'm gonna try, give it the good old college try, and and listen to some Tool. One of the you one of the songs with a. It sounds like they're raising the devil, mm-hmm. but it's really just a um, a um, a German chocolate cake, and they oh. say it in German. Okay, so it sounds really, really evil. Yeah, oh, German as a language. German as a language is uh, it's very intense. It's very, it's very intense. Okay, I'll give it a try. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. But I, I don't know. I, I I appreciate anybody that takes a risk. It doesn't mean I'll necessarily like it. Hey, man. But if you... I mean, you've been going for now over two decades. Two, th- near three decades now. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a popular band. That Though, this is the main thing that's been on my mind the last few days. Last week, really. And it's playing tricks with me. Is time. I'm still stuck in the idea... That the year 2000 was yesterday. <sighs> oh. 18 years. Oh, man. I graduated in 01. You graduated in 01. See, I, I'm 07. I graduated in 01. I dude. still find that hard to believe. That doesn't feel that long ago. But so much has happened. And it's amazing how you go through the spurts in life where so much can happen in a short period of time and be so formative to who you are. And then years can go by like that. I'm like, what happened? It's like I, what I, happened to me? I, today I was sitting there thinking, and I'm like, wow, I drank for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't need more. And it's like that whole 20 years from like 15 to 35 or 34 or something like that, you know. It's a lot of drinking, man. Yeah. And then you stop, and then everything is like... A short period of time feels like a long period of time, and that whole 20 years feels like nothing. Well, and, and I share as much as you want, or don't share anything at all. But a big part of what I've been trying to do with myself, you know, it was, a, in a way, a silly challenge to stop tobacco in the month of October, and I did. I really did. I give you props on that. Like, just, you got to stop. And at a certain point, though, you, you start making decisions about how do I improve my life and at a certain point, also, I, I don't see, I don't find it fun necessarily all the time to drink, like or how I used to. And these bachelor parties I did in August, and they were a reminder of those early 20s days of where you, you know, drink to excess, you're partying, you're having fun. But I, it's not just waking up in the morning and feeling bad and feeling hungover. That's, you know, the obvious thing. It's more like in the middle of it, I wasn't having fun. And where I had the most fun is when I was actually, you know, sober or just slightly buzzed. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, one beer in. That's when I was having the most fun. See, that's Where my you're problem. still talking with people. So, you st- why did you stop drinking? Um, the hangovers became very, very long, and I can't. I have no self-control on that. No mm. self-control. I'm Cherokee, man. The fire water. I mean, it's like it shuts off part of me mm. that, like... Stops me from doing things. It's in the genes. Yeah, and then the other part of me that is just like, you can do anything. Mm, Oh, no. He opens up, and then everybody around me has a blast, and I wake up under the coffee table. I I find it impressive, and I think it does show true recovery, is that you go out to the bar scene, and you still don't drink. And it doesn't seem to bother you. The first three months of doing that, it was... It bugged me, yeah. and uh, then I just got used to it. But I, I, I'm a social butterfly. Sure, I, man, seeing people is my thing, you know. And I don't see people, so that's why I go out and like doing this right here. This mm-hmm. is my man. Highlight of my week: one hour, get to okay. hang out with you on a Friday. Sure, sure. No, it's just I don't know. I'm I'm trying to get out more. I'm trying not to be such a hermit. I, I feel like I went into this protective place after a lot of tragic things went down, and. Th- that was three years ago. Three years ago. And it's like, where did those three years go? The, the first year after it happened felt like forever. 
and everything felt new. And in particular, the holidays are the worst. Oh, yeah. And as I'm approaching now, Thanksgiving, and after Thanksgiving, well, actually right around, right before, the day before Thanksgiving is my deceased mom's birthday. So it's mom's birthday. It's Thanksgiving. It's my birthday. I'm turning 30. And it's Christmas. And there's something that's been happening. And I love my family uh, in ways difficult to describe. Um, the words don't suffice, is the way I would put it. But I've also got this creeping feeling that I don't... And it's a weird thought to have. A little depressing. I remember being a kid, especially Christmas morning, and the life and the energy. When I was a kid, my brother was you know, three years younger than me. You know, let's say I'm ten or nine years old, and he's six or seven. And our, my cousins, Jessica and Jordan, and Scott and Whitney, and the whole family there, all the aunts and uncles from mom's side and dad's side, and everybody's together. And there's like so much life and so much energy. And we'll still get together now. But it's not the same. And in a way, it doesn't feel like I've disappointed anybody because I haven't, or at least I haven't said anything to me in that regard. But it, it feels like I got to move on and start being the dynamo myself. And one way to do that is, number one, to stop destructive behavior. And I, I guess that's part of why you stop drinking. It's little things, though, like, not getting into bad habits like doing tobacco, like drinking to excess. But it it's more continue to build that life because for the longest time you relied on on well, my mother was like the dynamo, the engine of like not just our immediate family, but also she would plan parties, she would plan things. And so when that person's gone in such a tragic way, it leaves this kind of space that I think everybody in the family was figuring out. But on top of that, it's this age thing. Like, I should be the one with the kids, bringing kids of my own to see my grandparents would be their great-grandparents. I should be the one trying to inject this energy back into this situation, take responsibility for, I don't know, building a new family in a way, or continuing the family is a better way to put it. Why do you feel like you should do that now? Why do you keep saying should about it? Because I think it's the only way to really be happy. And I mean that because it's not a... It's not, it's not even a sense of duty. It, it's, and it's not a sense of, oh, you're a certain age, so you must accomplish this. Like, get married, have kids, own a house. And it's not really that. It's more go towards what feels meaningful. Mm-hmm. Go towards what actually, when you look back and all the stuff you've done thus far, what actually sticks with you. Even if at the time you took it for granted. And what sticks with me at the end of the day is, is family and not just blood, but friends. But good friends. Yeah. I, I, I'd imagine you've... Uh, You've had friends, and then after you stopped drinking, they weren't really your friend. And not to say that they were mean to you, but do you, did you have people in your life where you realized, oh, we were only friends, so to speak, because we did the same stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like a, a ton of folks, dude. When I stopped drinking, I, there was a, it's a void. Yeah. It's a freaking void, and you have to do something with it. And what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to go find, hang out with people? Where do you find them at? You know, I mean, I tried... Uh, you can go to Walmart, but man, that's Walmart. You know, you can see people you don't want to see. I mean, I've, I've, I tried a lot of things, and uh, the best thing that could have ever happened to me was Rose. Yeah, your daughter. Yeah, she is. I mean, I, I'm so lucky to get her every other day hmm. because, I mean, between Monday and Wednesday, a lot. I mean, I could be bummed out on Tuesday, but I know little mom's coming back tomorrow. You right. know, and because I mean, I, I put myself to the side so she can ha have me right because i never had a me when i was growing up right you know i never had dad you know it's no biggie i mean it's just how it was i made me who i am it was rough but sure. i and and she is not gonna have that you know so i i got lucky by that and 
that I'm so old when it happened. Because, I mean, when I was... How old were you when it happened? Uh, I'm 35. I was 33. You're 33. Yeah, or 34, something like that. But what my mom used to tell me, she was like, hey, you're in your 20s. You're supposed to be hammered. You're not supposed to remember what happened. Go ahead and get it out of your system. Yeah. You know, and... I did. I started working at a bar when I was 21. She told me to do it, and I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. A rock and roll guy in a little country bar it kind of forced me to be social with everybody. Sure. And I, it, I learned a lot from it. And then I, I can always fall back on that. If everything goes downhill, I can always go back and get people hammered for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and be the one. Then you could be truly sober behind the bar and see. I've actually had people, alcoholics, tell me that they worked as a bartender and it mm -hmm. kept them sober because they would see the state certain people would get in. I still work there once every two weeks and I tell people if um, what gets me is when they're rude. Yeah. You snap your fingers at me. I'm not your puppy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who's rude? People be rude to me. Oh, the people you work with or the people you're serving? The, pe the people that are drinking and I'm not. Okay. If somebody is rude to me, I like manners. Right. And I'll be like... <clears throat> Because I'm not a bartender. Bartenders are women because women get tipped better because they're pretty. I'm not what, pretty. What What are you telling me right now? Women who are attractive yeah. get tipped better tips than men. Exactly. Really? It, uh, I'm amazed. You want your bartender to be in a In this hot woke woman. society, well, we're in Alabama. We're not that woke. We need equality, Seth. Well, I mean... Who wants to tip me? Some furry dude. The only reason I'm back there is because I'm kind of funny. Yeah. Well, and you seem kind and unassuming and, you know. Crazy. Right. But, we no, it's crazy that, wait, you're telling me that, next you'll be telling me that, you know, pharmaceutical reps are mostly very attractive women, too. <gasps> and that most of the women on Fox News are smoking hot and have brains. Wow. Within the last year, all their wardrobes went from blue to red. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. It, it's interesting how you can joke about things like I'm just joking about. And yet it comes back to, okay, and I'm sure you'll gain it as Rose gets older. Like the perspective of just being a guy in your 20s and, oh, the hot woman on Fox News, the hot bartender, I'll give her a big tip and blah, blah, blah. And then it's interesting to hear men who have daughters, especially as those daughters grow up, their, how they change. I'll just put put it delicately when you talk to uncles or friends who have daughters, and it's like, okay, they have, uh, hopefully they've learned something, and it, I guess it comes out of a protective place. But I, I the one guy that I, I can't understand is if you have a daughter and you're still, like, out there kind of womanizing. Like, dude, what sort of example are you setting right now? In, in this time and day with Facebook and um, people not being face-to-face -face social, uh, people see on Facebook and they think that, oh, man, mm, old dudes mm -hmm. out there being a uh, dirty little manho. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, I mean... It's like but, you have no clue what you're talking about. But we love talking about people, don't we? And I'm, by we, I mean just people love yeah. talking about people. We love the rumor. Oh, yeah. Like the rumor and innuendo. Ooh, what's so -and -so's he doing? doing with so-and-so. But even when it's not there. It's great because people think I'm this terrible person and I really go home every night and I, like, I cuddle with my kid's teddy bear. <laughs> well, I cuddle myself. <laughs> no, I seriously am the most boring person on earth. Really. Somebody was calling up earlier saying that because I'm on air all the time, we should just set up cameras all around my house. And it'd be like and in my car and here at work. It'll, you know, the Truman Show, just make it the Joey Show. I'm that narcissistic. Why not? And uh, Yeah, let's do it. I think people would find I'm incredibly boring. Very boring. Yes. Like, I go home most days. I work out again. Again, yes, I do like a thirty-minute workout, and then I eat something usually delicious. Not always; sometimes I fail. And I watch like Monday Night Football, or I watch. We this week we've been watching a lot of old school, early '90s WCW wrestling, like some terrible things in the the wrestling business. You know what they called? This is how it politically incorrect the wrestling business. Is you know what they would call like a terrible, terrible match. For instance, they had this like um, 
Chamber of Horrors, Halloween Havoc 91. <laughs> and it's like this huge cage where in the center is like a shark cage with an electric chair. And the point is to get one of the like, 10 people in the electric chair and flip the big switch. What's funny, though, is in the middle of the match, the big switch to turn on the electric chair falls into the on position. And there are people sitting in the chair and they're not getting shocked. And it's just oh. uh, mess up after mess up. It's terrible. It's terrible. In wrestling, they would call that an abortion. Oh, when I think it came before the politics of that issue of abortion. Yeah. But and, you know, that's the sort of stuff I do. I watch. We've watched a bunch of WCW, and then I'll read the news, and I'll check on what people in my friend circles are doing, and I'll go to sleep, and I'll wake up at five thirty in the morning, six in the morning, work out some more. Let's do a few podcasts, read more of the news, come hop on air, go back home, rinse and repeat. You know what I miss? Cooking somebody dinner. Hmm. Because with with Rose, I have to be on her. Yeah. I, I don't have time to cook. I pick her up at 6. Her bedtime's between 7.30 and 8. That's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours to get her home to... Uh, to feed her. If I try to cook something, right. I mean, what, what 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 am I thinking? You know, I mean, she's gonna knock the ground beef on her, and you know, so I can't cook us a real meal. Meal, yeah. And that's why I miss having a another person there, right? Because it's I like to be tough. And I'm I'm a sensitive dude. I like yeah. to cuddle, right? <laughs> well, and th- no, and this is the, actually the point I'm getting at is that I feel like, and it's probably because I am, I'm living an incredibly boring life. I think most people, if you film them. Like even people that we consider interesting and like intriguing, we want to interview them and figure out what their life's like. If you just put a camera on them every minute of the day, you're like, this is incredibly banal. Very, very, very boring. And so if most of our lives are full of boredom and whole hum necessary practical things we have to do, is the secret to finding a meaningful life actually, you know, doing crazy things, like going mm-hmm. off and living? I don't think it is. I don't think for most people the secret is to go climb Everest and go see the world and, you know, do a trip around Europe and then South America. And going and doing something doesn't mean actually leaving the country and going or going traveling. You can go and do something like last night I was going to take Rose to the punk rock show. Right. That's something like that, going outside See, of your box. I, but here's my point. is It could be going to the punk rock show. It could be walking the Appalachian Trail. It could be going on a picnic. The Civil Rights Museum and Memorial downtown. It could be whatever it is. I mean, like, if you're doing it by yourself, though, and you don't have anybody to share it with, not in a deep, meaningful way, doesn't matter what you do. I think if you you could be on top of the world, you have the world by the backside, and you could be incredibly lonely. I think that's what a lot of really famous people fall into. They get everything they want, but they find that most people around them are just leeching off them. What the old Surgeon General say that um, uh, number one cause of um, wait wait there is a uh, everybody's lonely. And it is making people not feel good because the more lonely people are and they just, their health deteriorates from being lonely. Right, and there's something about it like, I think that's the biggest issue facing the country. It's not our wealth. Like, we're wealthier than we've ever been. Like, even people on the bottom of the ladder. We're wealthier than we've ever been, not in American history, human history. There's all sorts of opportunity out there. In whatever profession, education, even people have had incredibly bad luck and are suffering, whether from disease or some accident or whatever, there's ways to remedy that for the most part. And maybe it's just as a society, the way that people are changing, they're not knowing how to deal with it. They're they're not wanting to go step out of the box. We're like, I'm in my comfort zone. I'm staying here. I'm not going over there. Well, and so is the secret to get more friends on social media or to go travel or see the world or do things outside of the box. In a way, I think it is good to push yourself and uh, try to be better. And sometimes that means experiencing a new thing and putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. See if you can figure it out and swim. Yeah. Sink or swim. But I think 
most of the time, even when you do that, if you had to watch it back again like a movie, like the Truman Show, it would be kind of boring. And it would be like this meme that's going around, this non-player character crap, like the NPCs. Yeah, NPC, that's a and d thing. Yeah. Uh, and applying it beyond just you know politics, like people are using it now for politics. But, uh, you know, think of the Truman Show, how everybody's kind of got this program response. Hey, Truman, mm-hmm. hey, how are you? Oh, hi. And think about how you do that in your life. Most people's lives would be utterly boring. So what makes it meaningful? What makes it great? comes back to what I've been thinking about a lot, that I need family. And whether that family is, you know, finding somebody to fall in love with and having a kid, that's one thing. But family can be found in all sorts of ways. When I was in high school, I always said that when you have no family, your friends are your family. Yes, hopefully. Well, I mean, and friends, I'm being very... Well, you can take... But whether it's family or friends, you can take... Friends for granted, you can take family members for granted. You can also start to go through the motions like a non-player character with them. It's a matter of, I think, always coming back and taking responsibility for not only yourself, but like how you are interacting with them, those people closest to you. I went by and checked on Eric today. He hurt yeah. his back. Yeah. And I, during lunch, I went swung by and said, hey, man, how you doing? You know? Had to check on him, you know, because that's what you do. Right. And it's, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's in your heart. You, you feel it. You screw your head. If your heart says, hey, you should do this, it's the right thing to do, go and do it. Because if you don't do it, you'll regret it. And regret is the last thing you ever want. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Well, and it's, it's, I think, been difficult for me because I, I don't expect of anybody else. Like, if I hurt my back... I don't expect anybody to come visit me. I don't care if you expect it or not. I'm going to. Well, and that's awesome. But I, I think I, I just don't expect it. And it's not even expectations. Like, it doesn't even bother me. Well, you shouldn't expect it because I, I don't mean, mind being alone is my point. Yeah, you shouldn't expect it. But there are moments where I'm like, man, I, this can't go on forever. Uh-huh. Got to, I don't know. I think a good way to start Getting a pet. Ooh, mouse named cat. Yeah, that likes rats and got a meow. Or a cat named mouse. Got that backwards. Oh, either way. Well, that's over at Four Healthy Pets. Or Jethro, the cat over there. Yeah. I mean, she's got all her pets over there, and she is Teresa over at Four Healthy Pets, the Village East Shopping Center on Atlanta Highway. With Skate Haven used to be. Well, and it's just a matter of, of something to care for, of of. Somebody to take responsibility for beyond just yourself. And it works, man. Yeah, I think it does. I'm trying to get a chihuahua. Yeah. Baby mama mama got a chihuahua, and I want the chihuahua. And not doing just the bare minimum. Like, actually researching what's the best thing. What do I need to feed this thing? How can I make this thing happy? How many times do I need to walk it? But how can I make sure my pet is healthy? Well, one of the biggest ways to do that. Because you can walk it all day, exercise it, play with it. You're not feeding your pet the best high-quality all-natural ingredients. If you're feeding it barrel scrapings, floor sweepings, it's not going to be good for that. Would you want to live off a can of Beanie Weenies every day? No. Exactly. So go buy 4 Healthy Pets or visit 4HealthyPetsOnline.com 4HealthyPetsOnline.com You can see photos of Teresa and all her pets and more of the services they have on offer and some of the deals. It's like, well, finding family over there. It's the best. This what local business makes talk radio work. Local business is where you find new people and new friends and family. And that's exactly the type of place Teresa is running over at Four Healthy Pets. So stop by Village East Shopping Center on Atlanta Highway. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm torn, though. I've always been a dog guy. Oh, I, I might get a cat, man. I've been loving some cats lately. Do, uh, get it little. Starting a kitten. Yeah. Started a kitten. And um, just take some tips from folks. And hey, I just feel like, like okay, yeah, I quit tobacco. Big whoop, Joey. I had to see friends in August, like bachelor, old friends I hadn't seen in years. Party it up. Yeah, big whoop. It's time, especially with Thanksgiving and a new year coming up, to really own up to it. And, I mean, it'll give you a reason to go home. At night, you'll have somebody waiting on you that's like, hey, Daddy, what are you doing? Hang out with me. Wait, the cat will talk? Uh, yeah. What are you with your...
Yeah, I might get a cat. <laughs> but we, off air, we were doing the whole test. It's a good test of fitness. Can you, from a sitting position, not use your hands and stand up? That was interesting. I, we both can. Yeah. Um, you were able to jump up onto your feet from off your knees. I wasn't. I th- I'm blaming my boots I'm wearing right now. Yeah, that was not easy. But one of these days, I'm going to be able to do a kip up, like on your back. Jump up onto your feet from your back. Yeah. It's watch out, you'll bang your head on the ground. Yeah, you got to. Oh, you got to be careful. You got to do it in a good environment. But uh, I'm gonna keep working at it. Hey, man, because that's another way of getting better. Mm-hmm. I take a responsibility for me too. But uh, let's go to the phone. Oh, two seven two nine two two eight. If you're interested, folks, I'm just kind of thinking out loud about the holidays and life in general. Trying to improve life. Better our situation here. You gotta do an inventory of the self. Seth. (laughs) Yeah, Seth inventory in your case, Seth. Uh, But yeah, you gotta do an inventory. You can't always just worry about things outside of your control, like politics. Because it sucks, but what are we gonna do about Broward County right now? Mm. Not much. But here, let's go to the phones and talk to Bo. Hey, Bo, how you doing? Hey, Joey. Uh, who's who's your sidekick over there? Seth Spotlow. Hey, Will. Hey, man. I kind of can identify with you on the drinking thing, man. I quit when I was 26, which was three decades ago, so I can identify. And, and people that you pass out around, they're not always nice. I mean, they, they tend to do stuff to you sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah, wake up with art on your face. <laughs> Yeah, the jokesters. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, Joey, I wanted to touch on something. You know, it, it, it might be a good New Year's resolution for all of us to 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 make, which would be uh, to judge less. Hmm. Judge less and, and do more. Love a little more. Yeah. I, you know, on the surface, you know, people people may look at you and go, you know, well, you're just, what, like you said, boring or whatever. But actually, you're a deep individual, and um, there's not a lot of people that, you know, I'm not saying that, that we all have the potential to go deep, Yeah. but we don't all go deep, because sometimes, uh, you, know, life, you know, life isn't pretty, but yet we can still, you know, to, to me, my, my goal is to get to my higher self, to my best higher self. Yeah, that's awesome. Amen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Yes. Uh, because, you know, and that would be judge less, but also to to get to know uh, the God in me, the I am mm. in me. I'm, amen. Well, and I, I don't know, I, uh, I wanted to talk about this tonight. I think it came up because I, it, getting deep, like you said, Bo, or finding the I am in you, uh, it's, it's like anything else. It's like flexing a muscle. If and honestly, in the last few weeks, if not month, I've been more like trying to busy myself, like listen to this podcast, watch this thing, work all day, exercise, and rinse and repeat, and just never stopping, so I don't have a deep moment. And so I, I guess I decided to let it out a little bit tonight, um, <laughs> successfully without crying, because you know I honestly get broken up when you think about okay, you're getting older, and everybody else in your family is. It's time to start building one yourself. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. Cat. Everybody's got their own way. I mean, I guess the best person to figure this out is is ourselves, And but it's always good to have somebody to talk to. Yeah, never hurt to ask somebody else. Yeah. Right? We don't need to always do it on the public airwaves, but occasionally I'll let Yeah, hey. I'm, I mean, I'm that self Would have got to hide, man, right. you know? But I, I appreciate it, Bo. I really do, man. But, I mean, you have, you have the humor. You know, with Boudel and all, you cut up and everything. Yeah, but but I can see. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm like a seer. I can see the deepness in people, and I can see the lack of it. Not that I'm judging that, but you know what I'm saying. The yeah. deepness in me identifies with the deepness in somebody else. 
Absolutely. I know exactly Resonates. what you're saying. It's a lot easier to see somebody that's on the same level as you are than somebody else. Because life is like a pool, man. It's a lot easier to swim in the shallow end. But when you go to the deep end, that's when things get deep. Yeah. Well, with, with in, in search of your higher self, Joey, this mm-hmm. is what I believe is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to meet your divine partner, your your beloved, which is who I believe God has created specifically for Joey Clark. And I do you. believe that. I and when you get to that point, your divine partner is going to materialize there, and you're going to go, oh, Wow. You don't have to look for us or show up when the time is right. Man, I hope it, you're right. Exactly. Well, well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I we do. put so much emphasis on having to have or, or should have been or, you know, because if you think about it, the past doesn't really exist. That's why it's the past. Right. It's, it's just now. Exactly. And when we can get behind our eyeballs for the first time. <laughs> I love that. And, and live in the now moment. Then we can be awakened, you know, kind of like the Garden of Eden experience, you know, when, when uh, Adam and Eve, you know, they realized they were naked. They had to have a, a covering. Yeah, self-conscious. Yeah. When, yeah. We, when we wake up to our, our conscious self, who we, you know, re- God really created us to be, I believe all the things are going to begin to line up in our lives for who we're supposed to be with, all these other things, but... You know, not to just focus on that, but to focus on becoming my best self, my high, my higher self. And on that journey, what exactly? You, need to you find know, will come right? To you. The, and and to be, you know, to live and thriving, not surviving. Yeah, and not just looking for comfort, but you know, I mean, comfort might be part of it, but it, it's more like also being willing to. St- okay, I found some comfort, but let's keep growing. Don't Let's want, keep learning. Don't want to live. You want to, or you don't want to survive. You want to live. We want to thrive, as yeah. Bo just said. And well, Bo, I appreciate the call, man. I appreciate the the words of wisdom. Yeah. Yes, uh, sir. Thanks, You're doing man. a great job. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. All right. Let's go back to the phones and uh, talk to JD. Hey, JD. No. How you doing, hey, JD? What's going on? <laughs> what hey, was... first off, I, I want to say something. I've known Seth for a hot minute, and and Seth was I, I've seen him on both ends of the spectrum, and. I know I'm proud of him. I'm proud to call him a friend. And I'll say he has come a heck of a long way. Um, when he was at his best before, he was at his best. But, you know, like he was saying earlier, you know, you know that alter ego come out after a couple of drinks, you know, and the, the off switch that come on. And then you see how quick people are to turn their back. But I'm, I've been proud to call Seth a friend. And, and I think he had his uh, child around the same time I had mine. Hmm. And I think that was a, a big portion of me getting grounded. It really does change things. It does. Thanks, now, man. That's sweet. Joey, okay, we're going to bring this full circle, though. We're, okay. we're talking about pets. When yeah. I was younger, I always wanted a service animal, and this is this is going to cover the regret. I regret not doing this. People hmm. laughed at me for the idea, but you cannot go wrong and don't laugh. Silverback gorilla. Think about it. You go out. You 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 go you out. Get murdered by your drink. pet. Yeah, you've I, got, no, <laughs> that's my first thought. Guy. Well, come on now. You've got somebody. You've got a designated driver. Is a cop going to give him a ticket? No. <laughs> How are you going to teach him to reliably drive? You know, they are the closest Carefully. to humans. Uh, you, they're teaching dogs to drive. You don't think a, a 600, 800-pound gorilla can drive? I'm pretty sure. I would rather just ride on the back of him. If we're gonna, if I'm using the gorilla as a mode of trans, reliable transportation, I'm just riding on him. If a lemur can predict epilepsy, then an ape can drive me around. No, that is a non sequitur, sir. <laughs> we're not. Going there, man. <laughs> but no, in all sincerity, though, um, you know, pit, they 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 are great. They are wonderful. Um, my my dog passed away prior to me having my daughter and and it broke my heart i mean you don't realize how attached yeah. you become to them yeah but uh my dog my, my wife has a had a dog prior to us get together and after my passed away and we wanted to move it in together you know he's just like one of the family but the way he acts around my daughter and the way he acts around us is different he'll roughhouse with us but he will not roughhouse with her at all that's awesome you know she loves on him plays with him and nobody nobody Get near her or out of line that he doesn't know. All right, JD, I got a a quick question for you, okay? Since you've had your daughter, do you find yourself tearing up at things that you did not tear up at before? 
Yes, on, on both ends. And I find myself excited about things like Halloween. I'm, I'm I bought my kids some bad boys trick or today. Treat and not get looked at crazy. Like, hey, this 30-year-old guy is trick-or-treat. Guess what? I can do that because my daughter's here getting candy. Yeah, I bought, um, like, bath toys from my daughter today. And I was like, oh, I finally found them because I couldn't find them in Wally World. And I finally did. And I was so happy. Hey, you're talking to a guy that ate, like, at least 100 pretend cookies last night that she baked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... But, but, you know, I'm not scrolling through the TV or anything. You know, my, my daughter is my world, and and the things that I can accomplish, because she's always, you know, I went to go to work the other morning, and the night before, my wife had bought her some, some boots, because the night before that, she was trying to play with my work boots. She said, no, those are daddy's boots. Well, when I get up to go to work the other morning, my daughter, um, she's still, I think she's still asleep, but as I'm headed towards the door, she says, hold on, daddy, I got boots, I'm coming. She's so interested in everything that I'm doing, everything that her mother's doing, and you find yourself to, to at, at a point to be such a crucial role model to look back on your life and see all the things you never had. I've spent my entire life at a bar. Yes, I drank. I Not never, anymore. I, I, well, I was never out of control of it, though. Right. I drank because I wanted to, and I was able to. Right. But yeah, he's the whole right. reason I came back to Alabama was to donate a kidney, so I, it, it's, I was never at that point, you know, if I had time, I would do it. I did it more in Alabama because there's not really a lot for me to do up here, say, like there was in Jacksonville, Florida. But I can find myself being such a, a good influence on her and guiding her in the right direction. Right, and, and it had to make and, you and a little it's, it's self-conscious, like in the sense of what, am I, what sort of model am I? Sort of example. Exactly. And you can look back at all the things you never had and try to provide it for them, whether it be monetary, whether it be positive influence i mean you you have all that at your fingertips and it it is the greatest the greatest feeling and i met my wife in the most unsuspecting of all places i've been around some of the most beautiful girls in the the world uh especially down when i was down in jacksonville doing what i did for a living i mean you're jamming out ten thousand people at a nightclub on a friday night you can run into them but you know my wife is my world and and that that's all there that's all there is to it. When I met her, I was kind of down and out. Then we met, we kind of talked, and I wasn't really in a mood for a relationship. Neither was she. But you know, here we are, several years later, and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Kind of like each other, but you love your kid. Yeah, no, well, kidding, family <laughs> and kids. <laughs> well, it grounds you, and it it becomes that. Uh, well, it becomes meaningful that that new responsibility for your for your wife, for any spouse, for children. Um, and that's what I'm kind of struggling with as the holidays come up. It's like, what do I have in my life other than me that I'm really taking responsibility for? Oh, you got me. Yeah. I and know it sucks. Handful. This is a handful. <laughs> <laughs> I you said that. Uh, I, don't want the, I don't want the werewolf in him come out. So uh, no, more, no more for you, sir. No more Jaeger. Yeah. Well, J.D., I've got another call i got to hop Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it, All man. Right. Hey, you guys have a good night. You too. You too, man. You too. And let's go to this bearded fool on the line here, William B. Hey, man, I didn't realize how late it was when I called. I know you're about to wrap it up. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I just going to tell you, man, you know, this, this turning 30 thing is really eating on you, right? Not really. It's just, <laughs> it's not a number thing. No, it's, it's not like bothering me like, oh, my God, there's some obligation. It's more like, I don't know. I, it, has, it has made me think, what am I doing? <laughs> take take account of what you're doing a little. Don't just coast. Right, right. Well, you know, I I, I love listening to y'all. Uh, when uh, when Seth's there, especially, man, sometimes you make me think. Sometimes you make me laugh, and sometimes you just make me scratch my damn head. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I do that to myself. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's just. I am what I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, appreciate yeah. it, William. Really. Yeah. Good. Thanks, man. Hey, man. Good show. Thank you. See you. Oh, and there's another call. This is so nice. It I'm is. getting all of, like feelery yeah, over here. I feel good. I almost cried when JD said his sweet stuff. I know it's it's wonderful. Who's this? You're on the air. This is Fred. What's going on, Joey? Hey, Fred. Let me tell you something. Here's the coolest thing about being a dad. Mine's 20 now. I got to be a superhero. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, awesome. yeah, and a magician. You know, one time just just the simple act of pouring milk in a glass. Pour the Hershey's chocolate down into the bottom of it, and then getting her to say the magic words over the spoon and stirring the milk and it changing into chocolate milk. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and that you bring up something. The whole world is it's magic like that. If you, I mean, we've seen it before as you get older, so you take it for granted. It's like, yeah, but if you've never seen the syrup going into the milk, oh my, dude, thank you, Fred. I'm going to do that, and my daughter's going to love it. Yeah, it's it's the coolest thing. And here's what I've always said: babies, I think, have the answers. By the time they learn how to talk, they've been tainted by what they've heard. Mm-hmm. Right? If we could still look at the world through the eyes of a child, because it is still that amazing, it is still that beautiful, and everything is still fascinating. I but wish, we don't yeah. we don't let it be. And I I, I wish I would have had that too, but. Uh... It's probably a good thing at my age that I'm still I'm not mouthing still. Right. Like, let me put my mouth on that. Let me put my mouth on this. <laughs> Only every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just yeah, you know, you when you become a dad to a little girl, you get to turn into a superhero for a few years. Well, and I, it's awesome. I appreciate that perspective, Fred. Yeah, man. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, and I have to say, though, like a baby, I have a bit of an oral fixation after quitting dipping. Still want some, put like, I'm used to having something in my mouth. <laughs> what, what, hey, boy, you chuckling over there. Get your mind out of the gutter and don't look at my, don't look at your radio like this. Don't look at my show like that. I know what you people are thinking. There's nothing wrong with having an oral fixation. Um, uh... Oh, look at the time. It's been a great show. It's been a good show. It's been a wonderful show. Four healthy pets. Yes. Great place. Uh, and it's uh, it's Friday, folks. Yeah. So, you know, you can either, you know, go hug your kids a little tighter. If you don't have kids, go hug your pets. If you don't have pets, don't do what I'm going to do. And, like, hug I yourself. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese Monday. Woo, because I got a kid and it's okay. Yeah. Seth, thank you for joining us here. Thank you, man. That was awesome. It was fun. I'll be back Monday. Joey Clark.